0: All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relive fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want I got 20. Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. We can fly! We can fly! We can fly! This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast once again, episode number 37. Thank you so much for the return last week. Uh, as LL Cool J like to say, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years, or at least a year or two for for the podcast. Anyway, I got a lot of good reception last week. Episode thirty five dropped last Thursday, and of course thirty six was this past Monday and and it's uh it's it's been a return after a, quite a while after kind of kind of a hiatus. And I've got a lot of emails and texts and tweets. Saying, hey, good job! Thanks for coming back. Thanks for the podcast again. So I really. Really appreciate that love. Uh, The best way to love on a podcast, for any podcast, but especially mine, go to iTunes, go to give a review. I would love a review and rate the review and everything. Maybe I'll start reading some of those pretty soon. I would love to... uh Uh, I would love to let you guys know you know, what other people think of the podcast as well. I have a two-star review on there somewhere, although somebody uh, didn't write anything. They just gave me two stars, and you know what? That's okay. It happens. It's all right. I would say if you have zero stars or one star, I would love for you to email me, magiconadollarpodcast at gmail.com to let me know, hey, this podcast is great or this podcast is terrible, and I'd love to know why because I'd like to fix it because I want to help you and make you happy. Let me give you some contact information here at the beginning of the show, Uh, of course my name is david dollar and i am a travel planner for a magical uh, for magic on a dollar uh, which is a part of the paradise falls travel co travel agency now you can find me on instagram at magic on a dollar find me on twitter at magic on a dollar and find me on facebook just search out disney on a dollar and also you can find magic on a dollar there but disney on a dollar is kind of the main page this coming monday this coming Monday starting on Facebook and we'll do some other stuff with some uh, with Instagram as well. but this coming Monday, the sixth annual Disney movie magic is coming back. We do it every year through March. It's kind of our March madness where you, the voter gets to vote on your favorite Disney movies, your favorites. Beauty and the Beast has won twice. Little Mermaid has won. Mary Poppins has won, So we've got a, an assortment of different movies that have won this thing. So I would love for you to vote, and we'll give out prizes every week. Usually about the end of the week, I do a drawing. I give away a ten dollars or fifteen dollar Starbucks gift card. At the end of the whole thing, we'll do a, a drawing for like a fifty dollar Amazon gift card, which would be really really cool. But you'll get all of that and everything. So make sure you make sure you go to Facebook, Disney Under Dollar on Facebook. Make sure you like the page. You follow the page so you can get the highlights there because I would love to have you vote. It's great interaction and everything. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and follow me on Twitter. And if you get confused with all of this, you're like, okay, Dave, give me some Disney stuff. Stop talking about you. Remember, daviddollar.net, go there and you'll find all the stuff you need to find where to contact me. That's my kind of my own little webpage of my little own little hub of stuff. Uh, from writing to to Disney stuff and whatever, it's all there, including my other podcast, The Juice Cast Movie Show. Okay, that's enough self-promotion, enough self-plugging. I have plugged myself way more than I should have here. But, uh, hey, let's get to some news, shall we? Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Right, at the top here of the Disney news, let's look at the Disney Cruise Line. They are returning returning to Greece for the first time in five years I think uh, they last went there in summer 2015 and in 2020 they're going back to Greece it's a three there are three special Mediterranean voyages they're all departing from Rome there's a 12 night and there's two nine night cruises and you're, you you can go and your family can go and, and see the beautiful landscapes the wonders of the destinations like Piraeus uh, you can go to uh, catacologne you can go which is near ancient Olympia uh, visit the islands of San Santo Torini uh, Makanos and Crete and I probably but all of those names because i don't know how to say those so look on a map you can probably figure them out uh, also they'll have some sailings around italy where you can see sicily go to mount etna uh piazza del Dumo, which is kind of the historic center of the city um the pearl of the adriatic over in croatia you'll be visiting that so you'll get all of those uh, new ports of call and in in europe there's other ports of call as well in poland norway england uh belgium It's all part of Disney Magic's Grand Tour of Europe in the summer of 2020, which begins with sailings through the Mediterranean and Greek Isles before heading to northern Europe in late summer for cruises to the Baltic, the British Isles, and the Norwegian Fjords. And, of course, I read that last line because that's how it sounded so clear and articulate. But if you're thinking, I don't want to go to Europe. I want to go see some icebergs and some polar bears. How about Alaskan adventures? In 2020, the Disney Wonder goes back to Alaska. the summer season opening up a whole world of breathtaking natural views glaciers and awe-inspiring wildlife there will be seven night departures uh going from vancouver canada to Juneau, sagway uh icy Strait Point, and dawes glacier you'll have fun adventures both on the ship and in port with scenery and port adventures and such and so on so it's, it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be awesome but that's not your thing, of course. They will always go to the Caribbean, and they're always going to the Bahamas and do all of that stuff there. I, again, I would love to help you. Listen to the top of the show, and you'll hear all that information about all of that. Skyliner, the gondolas. We've talked about the gondolas before, and I've got some more information on that. I've gleaned from other podcasts, and I've gleaned from some websites and stuff because I try to do some research before I do this show, so I'll know a little bit what to talk about. Um, the Skyliners, apparently they're going to hold, and I could get this wrong, but apparently they're going to hold... Uh, several, several, several hundred people at a time. Um, maybe even more than that, okay? Not just one car, but several cars. Uh, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at basically 300 cabins, 300 gondolas. Now, I don't know that they'll all be in service at once, but they're all ready to go. They'll be all be going and everything, and they'll each have benches in the inside. There's really no sitting. It's just a bench, a um, small bench for people who need it, whatever. No AC, so it's going to be interesting to see how this works in, like, July when it's uh, 114 degrees in the shade in Orlando, Florida. And uh, they will have, like, like little, little stations there. Uh, Hollywood Studios at Epcot at Caribbean Beach and Pop Century, and eventually at the DVC Resort over in the Riviera. So that's going to be happening over there. Uh, you'll be able to get on to get on the gondola, and I've seen the videos. These things are speedy; they go really fast. I say really fast. So not, they're not like seventy miles an hour, but they they kind of truck along. Because I think a lot of people, when you're thinking gondolas and sky buckets, which is kind of what they remind me of, you you kind of think of uh, like the sky buckets that were in Magic Kingdom, where you would get in maybe four to a little car and they were kind of open and you would take a leisurely you know, a leisurely little flight across from uh, from from Fantasyland over to Tomorrowland and, oh, look, there's the castle and, like, down below, you know, 40 feet down below or 50 feet, however you are up in the air. No, these are actually enclosed gondolas. You board it from Pop Century and you want to go to Hollywood Studios, you get online and boop, 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 you're zipping down the, down the thing and there you are. Now, it should be some pretty cool views. Uh, the gondola system looks pretty cool as well, so I'm really excited for this. I think this is going to be very, very cool. Now, last week, we talked a lot about Epcot. We kind of went into the, some Epcot stuff. The, the permits for Epcot have been filed. Now there's a couple of websites you can kind of go to and see the permits and see what Disney does and, it's kind of boring to sounding that hey Disney's applying for permits. Is that news? It kind of is. The project is called Project G, which stands for Gamma. Now I don't know if that's like the third generation. Was it Greek alphabet? Remind me here: Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Zeta, Eta. So I don't know if like okay Gamma means this is the third big refurb. I have no idea. Project Gamma is what they're calling it, or Project G. And so they filed the permits for for Epcot to start doing some of that clearing out in the front uh, to make it to make it better to make it uh, to make it look better and, you know, to kind of do all the stuff we talked about last week. Go to episode 35, listen to last week's show, so you'll kind of know what's going on. Of course, the the Flowering Garden Festival kicks off today. Now, today is the 6th of March. I am recording on a Wednesday. Uh, Tomorrow will be the 7th of March, which will be the second day of the Flowering Garden Festival. It starts... Today, the sixth goes all the way through June third. Now, I'm not going to run through everything. We'll probably talk a little more about it maybe next week, or maybe we'll push that off till so sometime in April because I'm going to Disney World at the last week of March, so I'll be able to visit and see a lot of this. But the, the, the topiaries are the, all year, they do the topiaries. They work on these things so they can come out, and basically, it's like it's like a plant version of of Anna and Elsa and Miss Piggy and Kermit and and, and Captain Hook and Peter Pan and the Three Caballeros. They're really cool. I mean, they really you can Google them and. I see the Topiaries, just how cool they are. They're going to have several exhibits and things going on there um, all around the World Showcase. The kids will have playgrounds, which is pretty cool because we hadn't really had a whole lot for our kids to do when we've gone in previous years. Well, this year, the Bo Peep Playtime Training Ground will be there. And near Test Track, you'll also have a play garden along the Imagination Walkway, which connects um, uh, Future World to World Showcase. Um, you know, some scavenger hunts and things are going on. There are tours. There are outdoor kitchens everywhere. The Garden Rocks concert series has been released. You can go and at Party for admission. Go see Rick Springfield or Christopher Cross or Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, Wang Chung. Everybody Wang Chung's tonight. Ambrosia, if you want to see the biggest part of you. Uh, Air Supply, they're making music and nothing at all. And so go have fun with that as well. So the Flower and Garden Festival going on from now until June the 3rd, which is pretty cool. All right, so that's our brief news update here. Let's talk about some Star Wars, and I think that's what a lot of people want to hear about. Star Wars, they they released a whole bunch of information last week, and it kind of came out of, well, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it's not usually Disney's forte to just suddenly dump a thousand pieces of information on you at once. The shareholders meeting is tomorrow, or if you're listening to this, it's today on Thursday. There's a good chance... There's a really good chance that Disney will release the the opening dates for Disneyland's uh, Galaxy's Edge and Disney World's Galaxy's Edge, and the shareholders meeting is when they like to do a lot of these announcements. And because they want to get that out there and they want to start planning for it, um, Disneyland is coming along quite nicely. From what I understand, I have not been there. I'm going to try to. I'm thinking about going in in, uh, in May to Disneyland, so I may see some of that. But the opening dates that I'm hearing. I could be wrong about this. You may already know the dates because it's been blasted all over blasted all over social media. And so when you're hearing this now, you're like, "Yeah, David, all, you're wrong." But what I'm understanding is October 1st for Walt Disney World and June 22nd for Disneyland. I could be wrong on those dates to completely. It might be January 1st and it might be July 4th. Oh, that would be crazy. But Disney has done stranger strange things, right? Um, so that's what I'm hearing about the opening of Galaxy's Edge over in, at Star Wars. I don't know that for sure. So let's talk a little bit about this, what has been released, and I'm going to go to the D23 website, and we'll, we'll kind of run through this real quick, and I'm reading some of this, so you can go read it yourself as well, or you can just listen to my nasally voice and, you know, know all about it. So it's 14 acres in each park over at Disneyland and Disney World. It's been this huge collaboration between Walt Disney, Imagineering, and Lucasfilm. Droids and humans alike will be transported to the planet Batu, B-A-T-U-U, Batuu, along the galaxy's outer rim on the fringe of wild space. That's where you will discover the Black Spire Outpost, an infamous port for explorers, smugglers, and traders who want to fly under the radar, literally and figuratively. So what I'm gathering about the, the Batuu is if you imagine the Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, which is a big universe, Batu is a planet basically out on the outer rim. Which is why I don't know. I, I think this is actually pretty brilliant on on Disney's part. I don't know that you'll see a whole lot of familiar characters. Like I don't know that you'll see Chewbacca and Boba Fett and Darth Vader walking. Through, and you might, you might see them here and there. I, I could be completely wrong about this, but my guessing is by setting this in the outer rim, if you know, you go to a cast member and say, "Hey, can we meet Han Solo? Can we meet?" You know, uh, Admiral Akbar, or whatever the story can be. Well, this is Batu. They don't come out here very often because this is a long, long way out. Because it is so far out, in order to defeat the First Order, the Resistance has temporarily set up shop at an abandoned ancient base, encircled by forests, mountains, and rivers on the outskirts of Black Spire Outpost. So you've got a base there that's been just set up. Uh, so you actually might see Rey, Finn, Poe, BB-8, Chewbacca, um, and you might actually find yourself in a face-off with the First Order. There are three carefully designed entrance points to Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland. Guests can enter through Critter Country, Fantasyland, or Frontierland. And at Hollywood Studios, there will be two entrances. Of course, the, the, the Star Wars Hotel that we've heard a lot about, one of the things I've heard is that you will be able to enter from the, the Hollywood, from the, uh, the Star Wars Hotel into, uh, into Galaxy's Edge. I don't know that for sure. I'm thinking now that the Star Wars Hotel actually is going to be set back a little farther, and I don't even know where this is at this point. I haven't heard a lot about it, to be honest with you, which is kind of strange because this was something I was hearing about over and over and over. Star Wars Hotel. When is the Star Wars Hotel opening? When is it going to open? And we haven't heard much about it. I'm, I'm not saying it's canceled. That is not what I'm saying. I do not think it's canceled at all. I think we would have heard about that. I just haven't heard a lot about the hotel itself. I had heard that it was going to be up against Hollywood Studios, you pay the premium rate, eight or $900 a night or how much it is, and you get to walk into to Galaxy's Edge from there. I'm thinking it's going to be set kind of far back, but now what I'm thinking is if that's the case, because I have heard that you'll end up taking a shuttle from that hotel to Galaxy's Edge. If you've ever been to Universal or the Harry Potter area, you get on the Hogwarts Express, you board, you go into the train station, get on the Hogwarts Express, it zips you along. When you get off, you're getting off into Hogsmeade, or you're getting off into Diagon Alley, so it's not as if you're just coming into a different part of the park. I think it might be like that, where the shuttle drops you off into Two. Into you walk off walk off the shuttle, or the ship, or whatever it is you boarded, uh, you walk off to that, and you're walking into straight into the immersion, which is really, really cool. John Williams has created original musical themes, especially for Galaxy's Edge and the attractions, which is really, really cool, too, because John Williams is a master. He's done... If you sit back and think about how much John Williams has done, and I don't, we could do a whole show on John Williams, but uh, the Harry Potter theme, uh, the Star Wars theme, obviously is, is his baby. You know, Superman. He did Jaws. All of these incredible themes that you take for granted, that you don't even think about, but like they're such, they're such a part of your daily life that. I can't imagine not having them. I mean, It really is. I can't remember, like, my life, all these themes have been there in my entire life. So I can't imagine my life without these themes. That one man, I, I'm sure he collaborated too, but it's kind of the brainchild of one guy. He's so brilliant that he put these things together that these things will last forever. When my kid, when my son is 60, he's listening to the Star Wars theme, he'll be listening to John Williams' creation, which is just really, really cool. Uh, just one, I don't know, just sidebar there on John Williams about how great that is. Uh, Scott Trowbridge, Portfolio creative executive and Disneyland Imagineering, uh, or Disney Imagineering, has said, We wanted to build a place where guests could feel that they could be meaningful. Now, we've been talking about. I say we've been talking about. I mentioned Scott Trowbridge many, many, many years ago. I did a podcast. I did a podcast. I think it was the Deuce Cast Movie Show. Actually, it was an episode of that. We did a Disney episode talking about Star Wars and stuff. And Trowbridge had just got hired on. Um, and this was one of those, like, when Star Wars was kind of the infant phase, Epcot was kind of in. It was kind of the... we heard hearing some, some things about Epcot. This is like 2013, 2014. This is a long time ago in, in these kind of years. And I remember thinking... Trowbridge is not the kind of guy you bring in to build an attraction. He's not the kind of guy you 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 pull into, you know, I'm gonna refurbish a roller coaster. He's the kind of guy you bring in to build a land, to build a park, to build a theme park. And he is Kind of one of the people behind this. Uh, he's one of five or six thousand people that have worked on these projects in both coasts, which is really really cool. So Scott Trowbridge is a big deal. So if you ever see Scott Trowbridge in the parks, make sure you walk up to him and tell him the force will be with you. So uh, so he he's kind of the I don't want to say the brainchild behind it because I don't know where some of these ideas have come from, but I know he was a big part of this. So kudos to Scott Trowbridge. Two attractions will be opening up. Opening up first is the Millennium Falcons Smuggler's Run. You will climb into the cockpit of the quote-unquote fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy to take control of the ship and you will be one of three roles, pilot, flight, engineer, or gunner. And it reminds me of Mission Space. Uh, When you go into Mission Space, you know, you're one of four characters. You're the pilot, you're the commander, you're the engineer, or you're the navigator? Navigator. And each of them has something to do and they tell you overhead, you know, pilot, uh, do the thrusters and, uh, you know, engineer, do whatever and commander, do whatever. And there's one of them. I can't remember which one. And I've been to a couple of times. Maybe it's the engineer. Maybe it's the navigator. I don't remember. But his job is to put everybody to sleep. Navigator. You know, push the button for hypersleep. Hyper so you push the button. And that's really all you do. I think at some point in time, you're asked to, like, pull a lever or flip a switch. But that's it. That's all you do. And it's kind of boring. But uh, but I think that's going to be here. I mean, magic, uh, in the magic the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, I think you'll be one of those three roles. And I believe the cockpit will hold up to six people. And... The trick is, and again, I'm, I'm reading this off the website, but also what I'm understanding, so I could be wrong, but all six people in that cockpit will play a part in the adventure you have in there. So if there's one person who's not doing very well, then your mission may not go very well. If all six of you are, six of you are really into it, then it's going to be pretty pretty cool. Um, Robin Reardon, who is an executive producer for Walt Disney Imagineering, she says, "When you step into that cockpit as the only fra- flight crew of the Millennium Falcon for the day that's going on that mission, it's a pretty amazing leap in storms of ter- storytelling from the very beginning." They opened up a they opened it up to some journalists, about twenty or thirty people over in California. People got to walk through, and the, the reviews are just out of this world. No pun intended about how amazing everything looks. They didn't get to ride the rides, but they got to go sit in these places and just mind-blown about the detail that Disney has done, even to the point where, and this kind of reminds me over in, if you if you go into Pandora into uh, to Animal Kingdom, you'll see on the ground, you'll see, like, footprints of different creatures and things like that, and creatures you don't recognize because it's an alien world. You go over to Storybook Circus. Um, it's a circus atmosphere, so on the ground, you're going to see peanut shells, and you'll see, you know, like... Uh, bird and animal hoof prints and shoe prints or whatever. The peanuts are not real peanuts, by the way. If you're allergic to peanuts, don't get scared. You're not going to have a shock or anything like that. They're actually ground into the cement, which, by the way, I've had cast members tell me that They've had concern. People will come to them and ask them about the peanuts in the ground. They're not real. Uh, but so this is actually going to be kind of the same way because it's an outpost. People walk through this all the time in, in storyline. People, droids, animals go through this all the time. So there will be footprints coming through here. There will be droid tracks coming through here. They didn't have to do it because we never actually see the bottom of R2-D2's, uh, like, his rollers, his feet. But apparently they went and they discovered the original design of r2d2 and the rollers and how he would roll across you'll be able to see like an r2 unit rolling across see the the print in the ground of where he rolled across which is Which is awesome. The level of detail that Disney does is just amazing to me. Star Wars Rises of of the Resistance is the other one. It's one of the most advanced and immersive experiences ever undertaken by Walt Disney Imagineering. As a Resistance recruit, you will join a climactic battle against the First Order, including a run-in with Kylo Ren. The journey will take them inside a full-size starship and aboard a nearby Star Destroyer. And, you know, to be able to board a Starship Destroyer is just amazing to me. Now, I don't think they're going to have a real one out there, obviously, because that's just impractical. One of the things I love about the Star Wars universe is that it's so creative that you can really build whatever ship you want at the size you want. You want to be realistic a little bit, but the Starship Destroyer, for those of you who are uninitiated to the Star Wars universe, the Starship, uh, the Star Destroyer, I say Starship, the Star Destroyer is the triangle-looking ship. It's the one that's gray, kind of a triangle, it's got a little thing on the back of it, kind of a little razor thing, little top rise, whatever. Um, in, in, in Star Wars lore, the ship itself is about a mile wide, a mile long, or so, and about half a mile wide. Uh, the crew can be anywhere from a thousand to tens of thousands, based on crew capacity. So it's kind of the the flagship, signature vessel of the Imperial fleet. And there's a lot of those. Now, if you look at Star Wars movies and stuff, you'll see the starship uh the star destroyer and you know those things are a mile wide by half a mile uh, sorry a mile long by a half mile wide and so when you see pictures and stuff of how small those are compared to other ships it just kind of give you an indication of how big some of these ships are that's my that's me nerding out by the way because you get to actually go aboard a starship a star destroyer which is unfathomable to me when when i was a kid there's if you told me okay when you're in your 40s Dave you're going to get to to visit some of these star wars lands I would have been like, you're crazy. There's no way this is going to happen. And it's happening. It's just, it's, it's, it's going to be this jaw dropping. How did they do this kind of thing that Disney does? And I'm really, really for all that Disney does in terms of, you know, they need to fix, they need to fix their sanitation. They need to work on their bathrooms more. Maybe they're a little too expensive on some things. They're charging too much for this, maybe too much for that. Their system is complicated when it comes to tickets, because I've had to deal with tickets in the new way they've done them, and it's really, really complicated, and their buses are late sometimes, and the monorails break down. For all of that, Disney is so full of imagination, and this is going to be some of the best that we've seen. Pandora, I've seen Avatar one time. And I love Pandora. I love Flight of Passage. I love the 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 Navi River Ride. I love Satuli Canteen. It's awesome. And this is going to be five times better than that. That's going to be that's going to be a crazy thing. You get to walk through the Millennium Falcon. You get to walk walk through a Star Destroyer. You get to, it's it's going to be just. I'm geeking out. I really am. Just reading about this and thinking about this. Of course, you get to eat. And I love I love this. And I have to tell you this because this is just fantastic. Um the uh, the Ogus Cantina where even the blaster bolt scorches on the wall tell a story. And so it's going to be an old-school cantina with the alien proprietor, Olga Gera inviting you to share tales from around the galaxy enjoying exotic beverages served in unique vessels. Basically, weird drinks and weird glasses. Now, they have alcoholic drinks called... And I love this. And again, if you're not Star Wars initiated, you don't understand any of what I'm about to say. Um, But for those of you who are Star Wars fans, you'll know. The Bespin Fizz, the Bloody Rancor, the Dagobah Slug Slinger, Fuzzy Tonton, Jedi Mind Trick, the Jet Juice, the Outer Rim, the Spirian Calf, the T16 Skyhopper, and the Yubnub. And if you're not into drinking, or maybe for the kids, you'd rather have something non-alcoholic: the Black Spire Brew, the Blue Bantha, the Carbon Freeze, the Cliff Dweller, Hyperdrive Punch-It, Jabba Juice, Mugen Tea, and Tereen Tea. Um, And all of these include a cantina mix, which the cantina mix has a little – kind of a little spice to it. Not really spicy, but kind of a little kick to it, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, Some of the food that's going to be there over at the Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Chef Strono Tugs has converted his modified uh, transport into a popular mobile kitchen and restaurant because everything tells a story. So you'll be able to eat some stuff there. It's going to be pretty cool. I've seen pictures of it. You can find pictures online of the weird-looking dishes. Um, The fried Andorian uh, tip-yip, which is a decadent chicken dish with roasted vegetable mash and herb gravy. The braised shock roast, which is uh, beef Pot Roast with Kaelin Mushrooms. The Felucian Garden Spread. Uh, I don't know that I want this. It's a plant-based kefta meatball dish. Plant-based meatballs? No. By Felucia. Um Ithorian Garden Loaf. The Smoked Kadu Ribs. The uh, Oven Roasted Burra Fish. Basically, they took some Star Wars names and made them funny and put some stuff to it. That's pretty much what it is. So, over in Rondo Roasters, I'm sorry, Ronto Roasters, a large pod racing engine will be firing up for a barbecue pit for mouth watering sandwiches. So you'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to get the blue milk, which is the first stuff seen over in Star Wars: A New Hope, and green milk introduced in Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which should be pretty interesting. Um, They. This team actually visited Lucasfilms uh, some years ago to get the ingredients for these, talking to Lucasfilms and the people in, in you know, Star Wars to say, how do we actually make this? What did you put in this? What was your concept for this? Because we want to make sure we get this right. And what, they, what did they tell uh, Disney? You get to write the story. So the Imagineers came up with their own concoction of blue milk. And uh, it's a plant-based dairy drink, and you'll be able to enjoy it. And you know it should be good. Uh, you can also go to the outpost, mixed a popcorn snack combining savory, spicy, and sweet flavors over at Kat Sokka's Kettle, so you can get all of that as well. Of course, there will be tons of, of stuff you can you can purchase in terms of merchandise. The Droid Depot. You can build and customize your own ac- acro- uh, excuse me astromech Droid. Uh, these droids are capable of interacting with elements in land, responding to guest behaviors. I'm guessing it's going to be kind. Like when you uh, you do a banshee over an um an animal on a, a Pandora, maybe a little bit bigger. I don't know. So you get to do that um, over at Savi's Workshop. You are given the opportunity to draw upon the Force as you build your own lightsaber. At the heart of every saber is a kyber crystal, and during a guided tour, you will get to, uh, you'll get to choose from peace, justice, modeled after the Jedi from the Republic era, power, control, a nod to the Sith, elemental nature, which is harnesses harnesses air. Earth, fire, and water, and defense shrouded in mystery. Will you embrace the light side of the force, like Luke Skywalker, or the dark side of the force? Hmm. Good question. You have a little bit little time to think about it. Go inside Doc Ondor's Den of Iniquities. <laughs> let me rephrase let me rephrase that. Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities. You don't want to go to the Den of Iniquities. That's that's Pleasure Island, and that's why it's that's no longer there. Doc Ondoor's Den of Antiquities. You'll find a selection of mysterious and rare items for sale representing different eras of the Star Wars galaxy. And over at the Creature Stall, you'll see some fascinating and unusual beasts from all over the galaxy, ranging from Porg and Tauntauns to Ranthars and Wampas. Uh, Torridian Toymaker's Stall will offer crafting items of different things, toys, plush, uh, wooden toys, tin toys, whatever. The resist- Resistance supplies a makeshift resource location, uh, kind of the hidden command post, selling hats and badges and pins and other accessories. So you're going to get to see all of this. And also, if you haven't downloaded the Play Disney Parks mobile app, then you need to go ahead and do it, uh, because the app will give you new opportunities for guests to engage with the land, like translating a galactic language, learning what's hidden inside crates and containers, accomplishing certain tasks by participating in missions. You can also use the app to interact with elements like antenna arrays, door panels, drinking fountains, droids, media screens, and ships. It's a -a one-of-a-kind app which came out last summer, and you can download it to kind of get your environment in Disney World and Disneyland, and it's also for all over the Park, not just for that, but download it, and it will be very, very cool to use in Galaxy's Edge. Now, what does all that mean? I have no idea. I don't know what that means. I haven't used the app yet. I'm going to this this coming March when I when I go uh, to Disney World, but I haven't used the app yet. But it sounds cool. It sounds cool because Disney's building Star Wars. I'm 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 geeked out here. Now, if you don't like Star Wars and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? It just it's not my cup of tea. I don't care. I would say do it anyway. Now, maybe don't necessarily, uh, you know, go the first day if you're not a Star Wars fan. If you're not a Star Wars fan, the first day is going to be horrible for you, so I wouldn't do that. But consider consider going. Do it. Uh, because I know people who don't like Pandora, who don't like Avatar, and love Pandora. So I would definitely give this a try. Now, people are telling me, people are, are, are saying that, you know, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait to go, maybe next spring, after it dies down some. It's It's not going to die down. It's not. It's just not. So don't, don't do that, okay? It's going to be years. Seven Doors Mind Train is still averaging a 90-minute wait time. It's been open five or six years now. Um, Avatar, uh, Flight of Passage is still getting two hours wait times, and they've been open for two years now. So don't expect – and I know we've talked about this before. I've said this all before, but it's worth saying again, don't base your trip – on whether Star Wars is gonna be slow, slowing down some so I can get in. Don't do that. It's only in one land, it's in Hollywood Studios or it's in Disneyland. You can avoid it if you wanna go all over the parks. Matter of fact, it might be a great time to go around the first week or two opening, because everybody will be at Hollywood Studios, and you can probably go to Epcot, Magic Kingdom, and Animal Kingdom, and walk on everything, because everybody will be at Star Wars. So, just an idea for you there. Just some thoughts there. So, there you go. There's our Star Wars recap about all the news that have come out, uh, that has come out in the last couple of days. I don't know what's going to change. I have no idea. Again, by the time you, you hear this, they may have already announced all the Star Wars stuff you need to know, and contradict some of the stuff that I've said. So, who knows? I don't know. But, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, and I will keep you updated as soon as I know something. I'm gonna put it up there. Don't forget this coming Monday. Go there, and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to to participate in the Disney movie magic uh, that we do every year, and find out you know who's gonna be your favorite Disney movie. Um, you know, you get to vote. You get to vote and find out who. You're, and we do all kind. You'll get to vote on everything from Flight of the Navigator to a Goofy movie to the Santa Claus to Tangled. So all those Disney movies are all represented. Every Disney movie has a shot at winning the grand prize. I. Don't Don't think Flight of the Navigator is going to win, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. Correct? Exactly. Don't forget to join us on Monday. We'll have another Disney quote. We'll break it down for you. And tonight, uh, well, actually, it's Thursday. Thursday night. So maybe when you're hearing this tonight, Captain Marvel comes out. It premieres. I will be listening to Captain Marvel. I'll be watching Captain Marvel. uh, Captain Marvel at the big screen. And I will have a review for it on Monday. So I'm going to give you a quick review. I'm going to do the Disney encouragement stuff. And then I'll take two minutes after the show, spoiler review, whatever, uh, to do that. So you'll have a chance to get a a quick review of Captain Marvel. Go there to DavidDollar.net and you will find all my information there. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you for for being here. It's been awesome. I've loved talking to you again. And until until I can come back to you again, don't forget to thank a Phoenician.